Welcome back to The Drift. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the North Atlantic Monster Shark Tournament. And the expert on that is right here, DJ Stetson. How are you doing today? DJ, welcome. Welcome. Tell me about this tournament. So this thing started in 1987 out on OB on the Vineyard. Out on OB. The the capital of shark craziness. It really was back in the day. Um, Right. At one point in time, it was one of the largest offshore tournaments in the world when I got involved. And yeah, how, how long ago was that? I got involved, I want to say 12, 13 years ago now. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I was friends with, well, my brother-in-law got me, in, ex-brother-in-law got me involved. Mm-hmm. And I met this guy named Steve James. And Steve was a guy that ran the tournament since, I think, 1996 when he all took right, over. Right. And he turned it into basically one of the biggest tournaments in the world. Um mm-hmm. Brought a lot of credibility to, you know, the tournament itself, but also to sustainable fishing. And he was a tireless advocate for sustainable fishing. So we turned it into a non-profit, a not-for-profit event. And we've tried to donate to various organizations that support the concept of sustainable fishing. Tell me a little bit more about that. Tell me more about sustainable fishing and the management of that. Sustainable fishing is basically where you harvest with techniques and procedures that don't impact the overall fishery. Hmm. So you're not depleting the fish, the fishing resource. You're taking, it's all about balance, Hmm. I guess is what it comes down to. You can harvest without making a a big impact in the fishery itself. Mm -hmm. And that's what sustainable fishing is. No fisherman wants to wipe out the fishery entirely because then he wipes out fishing of course not so it's um like i said it's all about a balance and in order to do that you have to have a lot of knowledge and a lot of science and we incorporate that with the tournament Uh, the tournament is a sport fishing endeavor first and foremost but it provides invaluable amount of science um and talk about that a little bit so there are scientists at the weigh-in yes correct right when the animals come in they're weighed. And, and, and to back up a little bit more, you have very strict catch standards. Very strict, yes. Um, well, the United States has some of the strictest mm-hmm. catch sizes in the world, and mm-hmm. we at Monster Shark take that to a whole new level. They increased the size limits to Mako Shark. So Mako Shark is now 83 inches for female and 71 inches for the male shark in order to be retained. I, I believe they wanted a 80 to 85% um, reduction in retention last year right and the united states achieved 90 percent okay so versus where we were in the past we've actually released 90 percent of the makos that we were keeping and you're you know boston big game um the folks that get involved with your tournament these guys aren't out there looking to just like deplete let's get the smaller you know they they want to do it right they really want to do it right and like i said our catch limits um Mm -hmm. are, are higher than than even the federal standards so we don't want to see every boat coming back with a shark. It's, right. That's not the way the tournament works. Right. Um, historically, we maintain, I believe, a 97 to a 95% release rate annually. So 97 to 95% of the sharks that are actually hooked in our tournament are released back alive mm-hmm. into the fishery. So the rules are created by the National Marine Fishery Services nationally, and in Massachusetts, who dictates the rules. Uh, you have the Division of Marine Fisheries, mm-hmm. and that's um, Greg Scomel's involved in that. I'm okay. sure I'm sure a lot of people know that name. Right. Um, He's the guy, the 
He's the guy that's tagging all the sharks. He's the and... guy from the vineyard who's tagging all the yes, sharks. Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. Yeah, we hope to have Greg on an upcoming episode. He'd be great. Greg great is a chat. great guy. Um, he's he's a great interview. Uh, I'm fascinated by his research. Mm-hmm. I've actually had the privilege of being involved in some of that research. With, so with Greg, Mr. Tag, yes. and release is a proponent of. It's funny you say that because um, I like to say Greg cut his teeth on the shark tournament. Like we it. started in 1987, and he was involved from the get-go. Okay. Um, he realized that this tournament was an invaluable resource for, for data. Mm-hmm. So he's been involved collecting data for a long, long time. Um, Greg has kind of, like I said, we, he faded out a little bit, and he's doing the tagging now, right. which is where his research is. But we have um, a lot of great scientists come down from NOAA. Um, Lisa Natanson, she's mm-hmm. been involved with the tournament for, I think, as long as Greg. So she's with Noah. She's, she's with a Noah. scientist who comes to the tournament. Yes. And is involved in the dissection of the yes, animals? Yes, she dissects the animals. Um, they do a lot of research. Uh, she brings a team of scientists down from various academia, and they, they do all kinds of research and experiments and stuff. It, it's, it's truly amazing. That, that's, uh, that's a huge plus. It, so it really is. Um, you know, so many people think, you know, and I think they have, if you've never been to a, a shark tournament or to this shark tournament. I think everyone's got that image of from the movie Jaws, right? When the big old shark's hanging up, you know, and, and they're dissecting it and they're pulling out feet and tires and everything else. There, there's an image there. So I, I think a lot of folks don't understand the science behind it all and why that is so important. And let's just face it, there are some people out there who just don't want us to fish. That's very period. true. Yes, that's very, very true. Um and like I said, you, it, it's, you need a certain amount of knowledge and, mm. and to do this kind of thing. Um, it's, it's all about maintaining a balance. And, and we, the United States, has some of the best fishery management in the world. We sure do. And yeah. we have the best fishery science, as far as I'm concerned, in the mm-hmm. world. And it's all because of people like Greg and people like Lisa. And, and they really take it to the next level. But we try to help them with that and, and, and be um, as helpful as we can in, in the learning and, and the knowledge process, because the more we know, I mean, the better off we can coexist, the better we can understand the, the relative ratios and the stock assessment and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's a learning process still to this day. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm truly fascinated by it. So yeah. it, it's, it's a wonderful thing to be a part of. Yeah, that's, it's, it's an exciting, and it's certainly an exciting thing to watch, you know? <laughs> you know, I, I've seen some of your crews are allowed some of your teams are allowed they're impressive folk yes i mean yes. they're they're, they're uh, on some pretty pretty decent sized vessel actually to that what is sort of the size vessel you know it's funny um it goes from 20 footers to 60 footers and everything in between um the biggest track in the tournament as a matter of fact it was a 1221 pound Mako shark was caught on a 24 foot boat wow yeah, I can't even. I, I can't I even imagine. Not even say we need a bigger boat. <laughs> All right, we, we, we don't go there. But anyways, they could have used a bigger boat. I think when they caught the shark and won the tournament, they did get a bigger boat. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. To that, what are the something you know? What 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 are the prizes? I mean, what are the the prizes? Um, it all depends on how many boats. But uh, last year we gave away sixty thousand dollars in cash and prizes. Wow. You don't have to catch the biggest shark. To win the tournament. No, no. You can catch two, uh, two smaller sharks that All beat right. that. Yeah, it's a lot of strategy. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, I love talking strategy with the guys. Like, where are you fishing? You know, depending on what they're targeting, they go in different spots. And a lot of guys are saying the Makos are showing up 
down south at our favorite fishing spots. Ooh. I don't want to. I don't want to give away too much. And then they go north. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then they go north for the poor beagle. <laughs> Tell me about strategy in this. And, 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 you know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. However, I understand there might be a brain surgeon involved. There is a brain surgeon involved. Um, he's a good friend of mine, Matt. Um, mm-hmm. He's been involved with the tournament for a long time. Now he's our MC. Okay. Um, he's the man with the mic. And, yeah, he's got uh, a great, colorful personality. And he's well-informed about the Sharks. He's been a fisherman for a long time. He was right. a friend of Steve's. Mm-hmm. Now, you're running the, the event, so obviously you can't be out hunting the shark. Well, it's funny you say that. I'm going to go fishing tomorrow, I think, just, right. just for fun and mm-hmm. see what's out there. Mm-hmm. And um, Yeah, but I'm not part of weighing in. I weigh the shark, so I really can't weigh in my own shark. I'll take you through the timeline. So Thursday night, we kick it off. We have a captain's mm-hmm. meeting at West Island Marina, and that's from 4 to 8. And then fishing starts the following day. So Friday morning at 6 o'clock, lines are in. And they can fish all day Friday. And if you don't catch a fish, you can fish through the Ooh. night into Saturday. Right. So fishing concludes Saturday afternoon. And then we have a big awards banquet. Um, we, have like, we have live bands. We have raffles. Mm-hmm. We have auctions. You mm-hmm. know, we have, but it's, it's quite, quite the party. Yeah. Um, and, and then the following day, we have basically a going away um, Bloody Mary cocktail hour. <laughs> Probably needed after the party. Yeah, some people need right. it. Some people don't. Right. We don't cook up any Mako there, do we? Um, actually, it's, it's yeah, we do. We, um, try, we serve some at our banquet. Um, Fantastic. Depending on what comes in. If it's a thresher, we serve thresher. Talk uh, about that. Talk about good, good eating shark. So the, uh, we only catch three species of shark in the tournament. Um, they're all edible. Very important to note here. Yes. All edible. And great white. Great white. No great white. Not allowed. Not allowed. Protected. Protected um, and doing well. Resurging, right. actually, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Um, right. And, and that, that one indicator is a great sign for the status of our fishery. Mm-hmm. Because in order to have apex predators like great whites and, and in the numbers that we do, it means that every level under that of the food chain is thriving as well. Right. So I think it's a tremendous oh. indicator of, of how how well our fisheries are doing at the, at mm-hmm. currently. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's just amazing like to, to see the number of sharks that are coming back. Yeah. But yeah. obviously everyone is, is, um, is talking about the seals. Right. Could, you know, I was going to touch on that. So there are some that say that for 50 years there's been protection of, of mammals. Indeed. And under that protection are seals. And there are some who say, well, if the seals bask along the shore... And this is, this is food for sharks. So the sharks come in closer to shore, um, you know, for their eats, right, to, to, to uh, take on the seals. So some say maybe we should lax those regulatory um, requirements on the seals and, uh, and hunt, allow for the hunt of seals. What are your thoughts on that? If the seals weren't there, if the bait wasn't there, if the food wasn't there for the shark— would the sharks stay further offshore? I guess that's the question. The sharks themselves, by nature and their hunting patterns, they want to come close to the seal, mm-hmm. the shore, because that's where they feel that they're most successful with their hunting techniques. Right. You know, once True. the seal comes into the water, he gets ambushed by the shark. So, but a lot of think um, what we see here is the smaller, ten to fourteen foot sharks that are that are transitioning from juvenile to adult, and they're really. Um, 
not experienced hunters as far as seals go. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think a lot. You have an amazing amount of sharks off the Cape right now. Right. But I think that, that the bigger sharks, they obviously can't get into the shallower water, so they're staying out a little bit deeper. They're still right offshore. I think Greg has tagged. I just saw some news that he has tagged like three or four great right. whites already this, this season. I think it's 12. 12, yes. all right. I think, wow. I think. I'll have to check on that, but okay. I, I believe it's 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're focusing more research inside the bay. The first couple, I think he had a five-year research you know, program that he was doing with um, Atlantic White Shark Conservancy. Right. And a lot of their research was on the Outer Cape, you know, Chatham, yeah. Wellfleet, sure. all sure. those areas, Truro. And now they're focusing their research more in the bay. Mm-hmm. And they're finding an incredible amount of great white sharks in the bay, too. Okay. But to your point, you would say not due to seal population. Well, it is. I mean, the sharks are hunting seals. So more seals, I mean, more food, hmm. you know, more sharks. Right. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. I mean, these an- animals are endangered. So in order to bring back a population, you need you need something for that population to eat. And for the seal, it's natural migration, right? It, I mean, it this really is. Just is. Nature. This I is mean, how it rolls, you know. And they were here before we were here. They were here before we were here. And when right. we protected them in 1972, you know, it started off as a as a slow recovery, mm-hmm. and through the 80s it was slow, and, and through the 90s. But then, in the 2000s, they really started, you know, repopulating, and and, and we've really saw a resurgence of the seal. And then a couple years after that, surprise, surprise, who's here? You know, the great white, but. Right. Right. It all makes sense, um, um, you know, and, but like I said, it's, it's an amazing indicator of the status of our fishery. Now, you got your teams um, release between 95 and 98 percent of their Correct. catch, which is an incredibly high uh, release rate. Talk about that a little bit. And that's tough for a fisherman. You, and that shows that you have responsible fishermen. It does. It does. You know, um, everybody we, wants to take the trophy home. They but, do, and that's, you know, everyone wants to, you know, cash in, obviously. Yeah, and, exactly. And, it, you know, we're a tournament, and we, we get that. Mm-hmm. But these people also have a tremendous respect for the sea, being fishermen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, it's like I say about hunters. No one gives back to a conservation land like hunters do. You right. know, and the fishermen are the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very concerned with what's going on. They're very concerned with protecting their resources and sure. stuff like that and protecting their right to fish. Mm-hmm. So that's where we try to help them out with that. You know, we want it to be an event that could, you know, make fishing great again. That's what we tried to do, you know. And and in order to do that, you have to get involved on a whole bunch of different levels. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fishing, as I I learned, is very, very political. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not just on the national level, but it's internationally, too. Right. And that Magnus Stevenson Act from 1972, perhaps it does need to be addressed a little bit. But I think on a whole that the United States does a tremendous job at regulating our fisheries. Right. If only the world would catch up to what we're trying to do here, mm-hmm. um, globally, we'd be way better off than we are. Yeah, we need the world to catch up in a lot of areas, right? We really do. And, and, and you know, a lot of people take shark tournaments to task because they're mm-hmm. high profile. Mm. You know, they see a picture of a dead shark and they have a lot to say. Everyone has, exactly. an, everyone has an opinion, good or bad. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. but then I read reports from Greenpeace that say, like, the Spaniards and the Spanish fleet and, and the Portuguese fleet is taking 25,000 mako sharks yeah, a year. It's huge. And, and it's huge. you know, they're doing long line, they're doing purse seine, mm-hmm. you know, they're doing gill netting. And these are not sustainable fishing practices. And that's not what we're about as a tournament. And I will say, if not for your tournament, 
we wouldn't be here right now on the drift discussing this. Really? So we wouldn't be talking about these the, these kinds of issues mm-hmm. that impact the fisheries and the shock fisheries and the positives of of the catch and and catch and release and how important that is. It really is. I mean, I think one, as a fisherman, one of the greatest gifts you can give to another fisherman is letting it go mm-hmm. and allowing someone to have the experience that you had. On Buzzard Bay in Fairhaven is West Island Marina. Correct. And they are your host marina. They actually, actually is our, they're our home port, which That's is fantastic. great. That's where we keep yeah. our vessel it, and have a, been for a long time. Great group of people. Tell me about West Island Marina and, and, and um, Off the Hook, which is the, uh, the bar and grill associated with the marina. You know, I hear a lot of great reviews from people. Yeah, it's a great place. And I've been down there a couple of times, and what I will say, it's like a hidden gem. Mm. It's it's amazing down there. And Jim and Mary great people, uh, have done a fantastic job, yeah. and they've been so accommodating working with us. We're really looking forward to having a great time. And people are so excited about the new venue. That venue, so West Island and Off the Hook, is sort of, it's got that classic sort of Cape Cod Island feel about it. Since we left the vineyard, that everyone kind of wants that vineyard feel. Mm, And it's really hard to find. You can't replicate that place because it was the perfect location. It was the perfect venue for the tournament. I know you need to get back to doing what you do, obviously, and get, getting the tournament together. Uh, tell me about where, where the funds go. So just tell me again where the monies go. This, you know, nobody's profiting. Nobody's profiting thing. at all. Um, it's, well, it's, somebody is. The nonprofits are profiting. <laughs> well, it, we're, like I said, we all wanted to continue Steve's legacy. Mm-hmm. So it's a not-for-profit tournament, and we're all volunteers. So we donate to organizations and institutions that believe in the concept of sustainable fishing. So that being said, we uh, Steve James Scholarship Fund, we've donated to. Mm-hmm. We've donated to the uh, School of Marine Science and Technology, mm-hmm. the Recreational Fishing Alliance, the Massachusetts Shark Research Program, and Greg Scomo. Mm-hmm. And we actually did a couple of shark buoys. So yeah, yeah, I, I read about that. So off of New Bedford and where else? Well, we did one off of New Bedford, and that was in 2016. There hadn't been one in Buzzards Bay yet. So that's a shark to. Det- Protection buoy? Yes, like all those sharks that we were talking about that Greg tags. Mm-hmm. So they put. In so a, that that reads the tag. Yes, an acoustic Greg. acoustic tag. Wow. So that shark has to get within two hundred to two hundred and fifty yards mm-hmm. of the buoy, and then it pings, right. records what shark was there, when he was there, and That's phenomenal. Yes, it, it yeah, actually right. is it, so it's so interesting. Yeah. So we did one in Buzzards Bay. And, you know, I went out and I, I put the buoy out with Greg and, and all those guys. And it was right. really, it was fantastic. It was a great day. So I grew up in Marshfield. Okay. So then I called the Harbor Master in Marshfield. And I was like, hey, Mike, you know, we just did a buoy in, down in New mm-hmm. Bedford. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, I can put you, you know, in contact with the guy that handles this Very stuff. Very cool. So we put it out 2016. The buoys went out. And I think in the first year they recorded like seven to nine sharks. Yep. Well, now the one buoy in Fieldston recorded almost 180 detections last year. Wow. So of all the Marshfield buoys, you're talking about an increase in detections of 1,100% over two years. It's amazing. It's amazing. So right. uh, so that's growth. Yeah. Oh, that's growth. That's growth. Obviously, growth of the population in the tag sharks. And understanding. Um, right. But let me get back to like what that means, though. I mean, now you're getting all these sharks. So you have... Mm-hmm all these detections and all this data of all these sharks being around, what it really says is how evolved the great white shark is as a hunter. 
Because think about it. You have all these sharks around. And you have an interaction maybe once a year, if right. that. Right. I mean, last person, uh, last, last year we lost somebody. Mm-hmm. But before that, it was 1936 that it happened. And, and I mean, these, these animals are, are fantastic hunters. Mm-hmm. They're not indiscriminately attacking a human. When they do, it's a mistake. Right. So it, it, it actually speaks to how evolved the, the white shark is at, at seeking and hunting his prey. It, it's pretty amazing. So that being said, I mean, with more people in the water, more sharks in the water, um, these things are unfortunately going to happen. But it's, it's now you get a better idea of how many sharks you have around, where they're showing up, you know, where you can maybe put your lookout stations and yeah. stuff like that. So That's great. Yeah, it, it really gives you a better idea of, of the migratory patterns and, you know, stuff like that, of where the relative ratios are showing up and, you know, where you should keep an eye out for for incidents. DJ, I, I will tell you, I didn't expect to get such fascinating information <laughs> from this podcast. I thought we were just going to talk about some catching sharks and a, a shark tournament. But well, Thank you North, so much for having me. Yeah, of course, the North Atlantic Monster Shark Tournament. Come down, bring your kids. Um, we love it. You know, the kids, the kids are fascinated by this. Mm-hmm. So I get parents reaching out to me all year that say, hey, yeah. my kids won't yeah. stop talking about the shark tournament. Awesome. It's Christmas, and they're talking about the shark that's tournament. That's what it's all about, right? And that's what it's all about to me. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to inspire the next generation of fishermen, of scientists, of, of shark enthusiasts. Yeah. And, and that's what it's all about is carrying on, you know. So I really hope to see you soon. We are going to see you at the tournament. Presented by Sociable, original social media programming.